Welcome to the Bradenville Church of Christ podcast. We are a family of believers striving to be the first century church in the 21st century. We're located at 285 Church Street in Bradenville, Missouri. Please join us for Bible study Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. with worship to follow at 11 a.m. Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. Now, please enjoy our lesson. So far in our study of the family, we've talked about um, God's pattern of marriage. We talked about the principle of leave and cleave. We talked about the, the principle that he gave in Genesis chapter 2 about one man, one woman joined by God for life. We talked about God's plan for men in the family and their role as the husband and their role as the father. And last week we talked about the women in the family. We talked about the role of the woman as a wife. We talked about the woman's role as a mother. And today we're going to then address what we often think of as the third leg of the stool when you think about a family, and that's children. We've got some children here today, and so we're going to talk primarily to them, but we're also going to be talking to the adults as well. So I want to encourage everybody, don't check out on me, but um, we want to talk about the children's role in the family because a lot of times we maybe underestimate what roles children play in the family and the fact that we're all children of parents who we owe honor to and so we're going to talk about that today. And I want to begin by talking about our littlest children because that's how we all enter the family, right? We are born and we come in as little bitty babies and from the time we first come into a family we have great impact on our families. Those of you who are parents I want you to think back to when your babies were first born and the impact that they had on your family, how they changed your life I can remember Susan and I talking about this on multiple occasions that, you know, we don't, we don't know what we did with all the time that we had before Jacob came along and then Natalie came along and then William came along and you look back and you say, what, what do we do with all that free time, right? Because now you're occupied, your life often revolves around your children and the older they get, the more it seems to revolve around them, you know, as they get busy in school and things of that nature. But little children are the first part of the family that we, you know, we enter the family as little children. And so I want to spend just a little bit of time talking to our little children. It's important for our youngest children to understand some basic, basic ideas. And one of those you see on the back page is, we need to remember that Jesus loves us. There's a story in Matthew chapter 19 about Jesus being in the, in the midst of, of some children. He says, Suffer the little children. Let the little children come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. One of the things I want our young people, our youngest children in here to understand is Jesus loves me. Let's sing that song together. You want to? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Another thing that song reminds us of is the fact that the Bible speaks to us about the truth of Jesus. And so we always want to remember that the Bible is the answer, God answers, God's answers for the questions of life. Over in 2 Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy and he told him, he says, listen, your folks have taught you 
the scriptures from youth. I'm paraphrasing there. That's not exactly the phrase he said, but I want to say that to our, our young people so they understand. When your parents are teaching you about Jesus, they're going to be teaching you from the Bible. Anybody remember a song that speaks about the Bible? The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. That's important for us to remember that the Bible is the Word of God and that it speaks to us about the things of God. And so as young people, we are going to learn. Uh, I remember when Susan was teaching the little kids class and I was helping her in there and, and we were putting the songs together. One of the first things, I love to pat the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. What we wanted to do is we wanted to get the Bible into our little kids' hands, our children's hands, as early as they could so they understood what the Bible was and then teach them respect for the Bible and then teach them a love for the Bible. And so it's important that we learn that as little children about God's Word. And then we, we learn over in Ephesians chapter 6, as, as William read for us, that children are to obey their parents in the Lord. And so we sing a song about obedience too, right? How does that go now? O-B-E-Y, obey your mom and dad. O-B-E-Y, make them very glad. Listen to the words they say. Obey your parents every day. O-B-E-Y, obey your mom and dad. That's important for us to, to learn to obey our parents, right? And we learn that at a very young age. And it was important as parents for us to instill that in our children that they needed to learn to obey. There are times when you want your kids to stop, right? Uh, I can remember some times when our kids were little and they'd take off and we head out of the store and the first thing they want to do is run to the car across the parking lot. When dad says stop, there's no arguing, right? You stop. And it was important for us to teach our kids that. There's times when obedience is necessary for simple for the sake of safety, but there's also times when obedience is necessary to learn lessons and principles in life. And so it's important that our, our young people learn the need to obey. The lessons that we learn as children have a lot to do with how we grow up. And so it's important as, as young people that we learn that Jesus loves us, that the Bible is God's Word, and that we are to obey our parents. Those are three great lessons to instill in our young people as they are, as they are growing from the early stages up into uh, their seven, eight, nine-year-old time frame. But as children grow and as we grew, we become more accountable to our parents and to God. And so it's important to understand that at some point in time, we're going to become accountable. What, and, and we may not know what that word means, but we begin to understand it. When our parents say, go clean your room, I know that there are consequences associated with that. There's good consequences if I do what I'm told to do, right? And there can be some negative consequences if I don't do what I'm told to do and I don't obey. And so we, we look at the example of Jesus. Jesus was a child just like you and I. And sometimes we don't always think about Jesus as being a child and what he had to learn the Bible tells us that he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now, that doesn't mean just the death on the cross. He had to learn to obey even Joseph and Mary. And so in Luke chapter 2, we read about Jesus going to the temple for the first time. And you remember, they pack up and they get ready to leave. And where does Jesus remain? He stays behind at the temple. 
and Joseph and Mary come back, then they want to know, what's, what's the story here, Jesus? Why have, you, why have you caused us this trouble? And he says, didn't you know I should be about my father's business? Jesus was right there. But Jesus also needed to learn to obey his parents. And so he goes home, and the Bible says that he grew in wisdom. That means he grew mentally. He grew to understand the things that he needed to know to be an adult. He grew in stature. That means he grew physically, right? And so we're going to grow up physically. And he grew in wisdom. He grew in wisdom and stature, and he grew in favor with God and man. Jesus matured spiritually, and he matured emotionally so that he could interact both with God and with man. And that's the same thing that's important for us to learn as young people is that we're going to begin to mature. We're going to begin to grow up. And as we grow up, then... We need to, to advance in our obedience to our parents. William read for us Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, but also verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. The word honor there means that we have respect for our parents and that we appreciate them. That we show appreciation to them. So young people want to ask the question to you. Do you respect your parents? Do you show appreciation to your parents? Our parents do so much for us. They, they do things for us that we don't even comprehend. As we grow, we begin to maybe comprehend more and more and more. And now looking back, I can see things that my parents did for me that I didn't even appreciate whenever I was up in high school and college years. But as we grow, we begin to increase in that level of honor and respect and appreciation. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to honor and respect our parents. Now, in the Old Testament, there were some consequences associated with that. He says, so that you may live long on the earth. Now, the, the reason for that was the fact that there was consequences, negative consequences, with disobeying your parents. A disobedient parent could be brought to the elders of the city and could be held accountable for his or her actions and could even have been put to death. Now that's pretty harsh, isn't it? But that was the level at which God wanted the Israelites to understand the need to honor father and mother. And so today we need to do that as well. As we grow, we need to grow in our appreciation and our respect for our parents. That can be displayed in the way we talk to our parents. That can be displayed in the way we talk about our parents. It can be displayed in the way we act toward our parents and the way we respond to their, to their instruction, the way we respond to their direction, the way we respond to their, uh, to their actions. And it's important for us then to understand that God wants us to be obedient, but He also wants us to honor our parents. As we continue to grow in responsibilities, we're going to in particular in our responsibilities to the Lord, then we're going to begin to understand that there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. Now, it, it could be different for every child, but you can see this in children when they begin to understand right from wrong, when they begin to understand that there are things that, are, that they shouldn't do and there are things that they should do. And so we use big terms like righteousness and unrighteousness, but little kids don't understand that. And so it's important that you understand that there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. And those things that are right are those things that align themselves or that God would do. 
And there are things that are wrong are things that God wouldn't do and God would not approve of us doing. And so as we begin to understand that there is right and there is wrong, we also begin to understand that there are consequences related to doing right and wrong. It's important for us to talk about the consequences of doing right because there's great blessings that come from God and there's great blessings that come from our parents when we do what's right. But there are consequences that come from doing wrong. And one of the things, the words that we need to understand as we are growing as children is the word sin. If you think about sin as being, and this is where the word, the, the Greek meaning of the word comes from. If you think about sin as being, you know, if you're going out to, to shoot bows and you've got a target set up in front of you, right? And you draw that bow back and you let that arrow fly and it hits the mark, that's good, right? That's righteousness. But sin literally means to miss the mark. And so it means you either shoot short or you shoot long, but it means for some reason you didn't hit the mark that was set before you. So it's important for us to help our children, and it's important for children to understand what sin is. Because sometimes we can make it too, parents can make it too uh, obscure, the Bible gives us some definitions of sin. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, and 1 John chapter 5, verse 17. John defines sin as lawlessness or unrighteousness. Now those, are, again, are big terms. Unrighteousness means just doing things that God wouldn't approve of. Lawlessness means doing things that God's told us not to do or not doing things God's told us to do. One of the definitions of sin, though, that probably has scared me or set me straight more than any others is the one that James gives over in James chapter 5 excuse me, James chapter 4 verse 17 he says there if you know to do something good and you don't do it that's sin now what would be things as children that we would know to do that would be good and not do them well one of them would be to obey our parents right if we know that God wants us to obey our parents and we don't, at some point in time, God's going to see our hearts and He's going to understand that we made a conscious choice to disobey and God's going to then account that for sin. That could be different for each, each one of us. We could come to that point at, at different points in our lives. But I can remember, and I can't point to a specific event, but I can remember at a point in my life whenever I began to understand that doing wrong felt like. You ever get that itchy feeling inside of you, that, that, that feeling maybe your stomach turns over just a little bit or you, you, you know you messed up, right? God gave us conscience for a reason. And even at, at a young age, we begin to understand that the things we do are wrong. And when we do those things, we need to understand then that God knows that they're wrong too. And that's sin. God, gives, God, through His Word, gives us another definition of sin, and that's when we do things that violate our conscience. Paul tells us that if we do anything that's not of faith, that it's sin. And so there's going to be times, excuse me, when we know that something is right and we don't do it, there's going to be times when we know something is wrong and we go ahead and do it anyway, and we need to understand that that is sin. And because of that then, this is, this is important for us to learn, and it can be challenging for us to learn at a young age. But sin separates us from God. 
You think about a little child, and when they come into this world, they're in unison, they're in unity with God, and they live their lives in that state until a point in time when they begin to let go. And at some point in time, sin will come between God and I. That's important for us to understand. Isaiah 59 teaches us about that. He says, uh, God's arm's not short that it can't save. His ear's not hard of hearing that he can't hear. But your sins have separated you from your God, and your iniquities have hidden his face from you. They've made his ear where he, can't, he, where he won't listen to you. And so in, in, in terms and in words that are appropriate for the age of our children, we need to help children understand what sin is and that sin separates. Sin's a black spot on our soul and upon our lives. And it's important for our young people to understand that because at some point in time, God is going to hold us accountable for those sins. But at the same time, as we begin to help them understand what sin is, we never need to leave the conversation without helping them understand God wants you back. God wants you to be restored to Him. I am going to turn this passage, Romans chapter 5. We've kind of paraphrased this for the sake of our children just so they don't have to turn the Bible a lot. But I do want us to hear this passage. And it's important that our young people hear this passage. Because, and, and those of you who are, are older, can, can maybe you can remember this. There's going to be a time when you're going to truly hear the gospel for the first time. Now, here's what I mean by that. We, we've gone through toddler class, and we've sung, Jesus loves me, this I know. And we've sung the B-I-B-L-E, and we've sung O-B-E-Y. And we've grown up into the elementary class. And we've talked about Jesus, and we've talked about the 12 apostles, and we've talked about David and Goliath, and we've gone through all the stories of the Bible. But we're going to reach a point, and you're going to reach a point if you haven't already, when you're going to hear about Jesus on the cross, and for the first time, you're going to understand, He was there for me. Those of you who are adults, can you remember that? Can you remember the first time that you understood that Jesus went there for me? Romans chapter 5 teaches us about that. Verse 6, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for Duffy. It doesn't say that there. It says ungodly. But you remember that was a lesson a couple weeks ago, finding me in the Bible. Christ died for me. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward Duffy and that while he was still a sinner, Christ died for him. Each one of our children here at some point in time are going to reach an age when they understand that verse is about me. And it's important for us to help them to get to that point. To understand that the Bible is speaking, God is speaking through His Word to me. Now what we learn from that passage is there's a time... When our sins put us at enmity with, enmity with God, that make us enemies with each other, right? But God didn't want it to remain that way. And so what He did was He sent Jesus to reconcile us again, to bring us back together again. And He did that through His death and His burial and His resurrection. And at some point in time, 
as we mature, we'll get to a question, well, what do I do? What do I do about this then? What do I do about sin? How do I respond to the gospel? The gospel is the one story in life that's not just a good story. It's not just told so that we can, can enjoy a good tale, but it has um, a, a necessity associated with it. And so we can respond to that, that just, like the, just like the people on the day of Pentecost did when they, when they heard the preaching of the gospel for the first time. It cut their hearts. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? At some point in time, young people, you're going to experience this. What shall I do? And the answer that Peter gave on the day of Pentecost is the same answer that, that the Bible gives today. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. For, so your sins can be washed away. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Young people grow up from, from a very tiny age and they get to a point where they're accountable. And it's important for us to help them understand that the things that happen in this life have consequences. <clears throat> And so, to our accountable children, to our children that are aged to, to, to pay attention and to understand, I want you to know that many of the decisions that you're making right now in your lives will have impacts on your life going forward. A lot of these decisions will have impact on the rest of your life. And I'm happy for that because that means that you have the opportunity to set the course of your life. Now, there could be decisions that you make that might take you down another path, but none of the decisions that you make will be as important as your decision to obey the gospel. Nobody can make that decision for you. Nobody can tell you when the right time is or when the right wrong time is, but you need to understand that Jesus died on the cross for you, and that in doing that, He calls you to obedience to Him. But at some point in time, we're going to grow up and even grow out of our house. I remember the day that I left home, and I went off to college, and uh, that was a challenging time. But as, we, as, as you move through that phase of life, you become more and more independent, and ultimately you grow up and you maybe start a family of your own. But have you ever thought about the fact you're still a child to somebody? You're still somebody's children. And there are responsibilities that come along with being the child of somebody. Ephesians 6, 2, and 3. Again, I will read this for us to remind ourselves. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. You notice there that there's no time stamp put on that passage. It doesn't say honor your father and mother until you hit the age of 21 and then you're done, right? Or 25 and you're still alive. You can, it, it, it's still consistently the same message. And we've seen that. We've seen people who are still honoring their father and mother or have honored their fathers and mothers by taking care of them, by, by tending to them and, and their, their physical and, and even their spiritual and emotional needs. And it's important that we recognize that, that we still have a responsibility to our parents. I want to read for you very quickly here a couple of Proverbs. I want you to listen to the, the way that, that somebody who doesn't care, doesn't honor their parents, the way they're portrayed in Scripture. 
Proverbs chapter 19. This is verse 26. He says, He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. We've got to be careful about how we treat our parents. Now, we've already talked in, in detail about the principle of leave and cleave. And I'm, so I'm not talking about going necessarily leaving your wife to go back home and, take, and, and to put your parents first again. But we have a responsibility to honor our parents. And so those who, who dishonor their fathers, who chase away their mothers, that's shameful. That's a reproach. We can't do that. You move forward then to uh, Proverbs chapter 28. And in verse 24, whoever robs his father or his mother and says, it is no transgression, the same as a companion to a destroyer. I want you to put a bookmark in there because we're going we're gonna to revisit this idea of robbing your father and mother. But Solomon here says, you're a companion of the destroyer if you don't help take care of your parents. If you rob from them, take things that, that would, we, would be due them. And then you move forward to chapter 30. In verse 11, There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. And so you see here a group of people who would would curse their father and mother, would treat them as, as refuse, and would be disobedient, to, would be dishonoring to them, excuse me, dishonoring to them. And Jesus speaks to this in Mark chapter, in Mark chapter 7. He speaks about the, the, the Jewish leaders of his day and that they were teaching this doctrine. They were teaching that people did not have to honor their parents. Um, this is Mark chapter 7, or yeah, Mark 7, 9. I'm actually going to back up to verse 6 to kind of give you some context here. Pharisees had come to Jesus and they said, why, why, do your disciples, why do your disciples not follow the traditions of the elders? How come they don't wash their hands before they eat? Well, that might be a legitimate question if it weren't for the fact that they were trying to bind it on people and make it a law that if you, were, that if you didn't do this, you were unrighteous for not washing your hands. Now, there's a difference between cleanliness and unrighteousness. We need to understand that. There's a difference between spiritual cleanliness and physical cleanliness. And Jesus here, he rebukes them for this. He says, uh, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other things you do. And so he's going to, he's going to, to reproach them. He's going to rebuke them for the fact that they won't obey God because of their commandments that they had made, their own traditions. And I want you to notice the one he goes to. It has to do with honoring father and mother. 
Verse 9, All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father and mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. They had a tradition. This wasn't a commandment from God. But it was a tradition. And it was called Corban. And so if I had some possessions, I had some things that could have been used to help support my parents or to take care of them, but I didn't want to lose them, I could just dedicate them to God. I could call them Corban. I could make them sacred to God, hang on to them, and not have to help my parents and he says, you're breaking commandment by doing that. Because Moses said you're to honor your father and mother. And you've taken this tradition and you've used that tradition as justification for what you're doing. Now, that's important for us to understand. Now, we have a responsibility, even as grown children, to help take care of our parents and sometimes, at some point in time, we may transition from being the cared for to being the caregiver. I know of people in this congregation who have and, and are taking care of their parents. And I know my mom and dad, I watched them take care of my grandparents, my grandmothers. Had them in their homes, and they lived in, in my grandmother's home for quite a long time. There's a responsibility that's associated with being a child. And it's important for us to recognize that. And sometimes it may even extend to those who are not directly uh, in our home. Think about grandparents. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, <clears throat> Paul's talking to Timothy about widows. And he says there that if, that if anybody has a widow, whether it's a grandchild or a child, that you are to take care of them. And he, and he puts a, a very strong... He puts a very strong... Um, language to this. I want you to notice what he says here. <clears throat> Verse 3, Honor widows who are really widows, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable for God. So there's the principle, right? You take care of your parents. You show honor to them. He even uses the word repay as, uh, as a term to remind us that we have a responsibility to our parents. But look at verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We think, how could you be worse than an unbeliever? Right? Well, the Bible speaks about how that's the case. Because in several different passages, it speaks about the fact that those who have come to a knowledge of the faith and they've obeyed the gospel and they go back into the world, it says it's better for them if they've never known the truth. And he puts in this same category of, of disobedience to God the idea that people won't take care of their folks. Now, you might think I'm preaching awful hard on this. I'm not being hard on anybody in here. I don't, I don't, I don't think badly of anybody in here. But it's important for us to understand that as children, we have a role in the family. 
and our role in the family doesn't cease whenever we leave mom and dad's house and we go and we leave and cleave to a spouse. We continue to have some responsibilities to our parents. We've talked to little children today and we want them to know that Jesus loves them and that the Bible is God's Word and that we have responsibilities to obey our parents as we grow in our knowledge in our, and we grow physically and spiritually and emotionally we have a responsibility to honor our parents to show them respect and appreciation we have a responsibility to God to understand what His will is and what His word is in our lives we have a responsibility to understand what sin is and turn away from it and turn to God and we do that through Jesus Christ and we, and we, we want to encourage our young people to obey the gospel we also want to understand that as we grow, we have responsibility, <coughs> continued responsibility to our parents to help take care of them, to honor them, and to repay them for the great blessings that they brought into our lives. Children have a very important role in the family. Um, I said this before and I'll say it again. Our lives changed when our kids came into our lives, to, into our family. And you know that as well how kids can change families and God knew that and that's why he created the family as a holy institution in which children could be born and raised and sent out into the world to do the same that's really you think about the purpose of the family the family is God's fulfillment of his will for mankind on this earth now we know that this earth is not the end we're living on to eternity but while we're here God's given us an institution to fulfill His desires and His will for us. And so we appreciate and we praise Him for that. Children, God wants you, want us to grow up and to honor our parents and to be good parents ourselves someday. Um, you know, this is not instinctive for children to be good parents. It's parents' responsibility to show that example to our children and to teach them how to be good parents so that they can have that example and they can grow up and be good parents themselves. Maybe there's somebody here today who's come to a knowledge of the truth and they understand that they're not a Christian. I want to encourage you today to obey the gospel. You know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And you know that you need to, uh, you need to confess your faith in Him. You need to turn away from the sin in your life and repentance. You need to be um, born again in that water through that resurrection of baptism. We want to encourage you in that. If there is a Christian here who has, has gone into the world and you've, you separated yourself from the body of Christ and you want to be joined back to it again, we can help you with that. We're going to sing an invitation song. And we want to encourage you in this. We're thankful for our children and we're thankful that you're here uh, children and we're thankful that your parents are here with you and we ask your, uh, God to be a blessing to you and that you're a blessing to your, your parents as we sing this invitation song if there's anyone who has a need please come thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word for more information about our church family please visit our Bradleyville Church of Christ Facebook page we hope to see you soon till then let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven we hope you have a good day